The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. This is Gone by Lunchtime. My name's Toby Manhart. It's the Gone by Lunchtime Christmas party, even Annabelle Lee Mather. What do you reckon? Yes, it is. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Krihimete. Merry Krihimete. Ben Thomas, how are you going? Jing- jingle bells. Hey, I've got reindeer antlers on. With <laughs> things are just starting to get a bit wild. Toby has a tie around his head. He's growing a beard just like Hanukoko. Um, Alice Webler-Dale, thanks for staying up late into Friday night. There's nowhere I'd rather be, you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, if we mess up this opening, let's just do it all again. It'd be fun. <laughs> this is, <laughs> listeners, this is maybe the third, th- third or fourth time we've started this podcast after one or other of the participants has said slanderous things. I feel like the other one was fine. Um, <laughs> I want to say thank you to Flick Electric who have uh, been sponsoring this podcast and all of the politics section all year. They're awesome. Check them out. Flick, go through from any politics post on our site. And should I just keep advertising things? We've got a book out for Christmas. If you like books and you like the spin-off and you like other people, you should uh, give it to your loved ones. If you know some nerds. What the, They'll love it. Speaking of nerds, has anyone bought any of the badges? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think we've almost run out of badges. There's something which I might be meant to say about how if you if you go... Uh, if you listen to our last podcast, there was a URL in there that you could put in to um, become a member and get a free badge. No, it's www.thespinoff.co.nz forward slash gone by lunchtime. Oh, yeah. Because I thought that that was the URL to listen to myself on a podcast. Oh. And I went to it and it just asked me for money. Oh. Like, did, you, did, you, did you pay? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> like, I, so, yes, you Business can, you confidence can, is low, probably, Toby. I promise you, if you go through that uh, route, you will get a badge. Um, um, and we'll just have to make more. I think we nearly run out, which is cool, right? So, yeah. there are lots of people. Imagine, it, imagine if New you Zealand. were seen in Wellington without your Gone by Lunchtime badge. Basically, this summer. the oh town God, belt of Wellington is just full of people uh, hiking. With Gone by Lunchtime badges. You're at the press gallery party this year. You've begged an invitation from the current chair. And you, you've you've turned up and suddenly you walk in and you realise that you're the only person without a Gone by Lunchtime badge. Yeah. Awkward. Weird though, because I was in Wellington the other day and I didn't see anyone wearing them. And even weirder, I walked down Lampton Quay and like no one... I feel like the wind was in your hair. I think it was a gale. You probably that's couldn't probably see what it anything because yeah. of the wind. Yeah, that's probably It's been very it weathery. Yeah, it has maybe. been weathery. You've just flown in from Wellington, haven't I you? I have. And actually, I saw Madame Davidson. She was sitting in front of me on yeah. the flight, and she showed me some photos of her new mukupuna, who is like the most outrageously gorgeous child with bright green eyes Mm. so she's come up with a new election strategy campaign strategy and that is that she doesn't go around kissing other people's babies she (laughs) takes her mokopuna with her and invites voters 
to kiss her mokopuna. I'm like, genius, love it. Um, Better get it vaccinated before then. She does have lots of children. She, she does have lots of children. She's got and now six. She, is think. it six or seven? And Something now she's like got a gleaming little jewel of a mokopuna with green eyes. Is that allowed? Like that seems like, is that allowed within electoral rules to just com- produce voters in that in that fashion? Ben, you're an expert. I no, I, th- I think yeah. The, the rule against treating is you're not allowed to like give voters anything. No, I, so I, think, I, th- I think if you went to like you know the demographic that's largely largely consists of my mother and her friends and like offered to give them like a grandchild, oh, yeah. that mm. would be treating, and you would definitely get their vote. Yeah, yeah. dangerously. Yeah, but otherwise, just flashing it around, I think, is fine. Okay. Don't tell anyone. New Zealand first will be doing it. Where's it? He or she? Little girl. Oh, little girl. Okay. Mm, cutie she. pie. We have, uh, we're, 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 I mentioned it's Friday night, uh, we now had a party. Uh, today the news and politics has been all about Chris Farfoy, who uh, last night's 6pm news on 3 on News Hub revealed that he'd um, been engaged in a conversation with his personal friend, um, the guy from Op Shop. In fact, we were talking about Op Shop on a recent podcast. They were like a thing, right? Well, the, Jason Kerrison. Jason they, they Kerrison. Thing. Yeah. Um, until, until, like, until he retreated up north to build his ark. Was it, it an ark or a bunker? It's an ark. Well, he, it was called an ark, but it's more like a sort of biodome. Um, right. And I think, you know, that's the outside to resist the coming apocalypse. Yeah. Was oh, it a Mayan apocalypse in, or just a nuclear is, one? Uh, indeterminate. Um, yeah, and inside, in the inner perimeter, um, a fort made of tinned food. <laughs> from where organic, the Jamie, Hey, organic tinned food. Jason though. Garrison's command centre from which he Facebook messages <laughs> government ministers. <laughs> um, yes. So, Jason Garrison... Unsuccessful local body politician and uh, musical artist had a situation where his stepfather had been refused immigration and he went to his family friend, Chris Farfoy, and said... Old Farfs. Old, old, old Farfs, as... Fano as, Fano. As, um, bro. He's known by some. Bro. Uh, Fano Fano. That's a... Those were extracts from the text exchanges between the two gentlemen, <laughs> and we don't, we don't, we don't know. We can't say with certainty how they um, found their way uh, to NewsHub, but we do know that the last sort of, if you read the, if you read the texts which were released today, the sort of last five are from Kerrison, and uh, sort of going, oh, hey, and. Silent at the other end until he says. Not even the little bubbles coming back. You know, <laughs> the little bubbles when someone's taking. Right. Not even those. Right. Just not like radio silence. Um, and, and then he said, "Well, I might just the, have the to last go, message go just from Chris Farfield, which is like, Harrison. hey, thank you for so much for reaching out." <laughs> but the other thing that was missing there, I don't know whether those accounts of the discussion had failed to include them, and if they did, then that's a very serious issue in itself. But there were no emojis, whereas. Richie Hardcore's uh, text to the Prime Minister, which was released uh, some time ago uh, proactively by the Prime Minister, included a prayer emoji. Um, but Richie Hardcore got no response. Um, Jason Kerrison did get a response. Uh, ben, do you want to expound your theory of minor celebrities and their engagement with government? Yeah, so I think the first thing to get out of the way is that Farfoy is probably safe here. So he had been associate immigration minister. When you're the associate, you actually take on a lot of that grunt work of personally approving applications in hard cases. Uh, It's much more operational than the overall immigration minister. He ceased that role in June uh, 2019 when he was sort of given half of all the portfolios in government Mm. because he's one of the only barely competent people in this government. Housing and broadcasting. Housing and broadcasting. Big, big, big step up. Bit of housing. And then the first messages from Kerrison on record appear in August, uh, beseeching him to help out under personal circumstances. Farfoy is far too engaging 
with Kerrison, uh, who is obviously a madman. Um, well, <laughs> you know, he's... Well. I mean... Yeah, an uncharitable, an uncharitable yeah. person might say that he yeah. fanboyed a little bit. Yeah, look, I, I, there, there is this issue. You know, he, he was when you actually read the text, which was released today, it's defensible. He says, mm. oh, bro, I've got a plan. It's not for broadcasting on mm. Facebook. But the plan is actually just that Farfoy will call up local MP Matt King from Northland um, and ask him to write a letter to the immigration authorities, which is, which is actually the normal thing for uh, constituency MPs to do for their constituents. You know, uh, local MPs don't have any real authority. They're just sort of like, I'm just doing this, you know, on behalf of my electorate. Well, just wait, just stop for a sec. He did say, he did say uh, he would talk to the people that speed things up. It's a quote. He said, I'm on it, bro. And he also said, and I think but this that, is one of the, the things that, that raises... But that could be a bit of a, you know, like, a, a way of, like, not fobbing him off, I, but, like, no, technically that, no, speaking I, I, to your local I, MP I, could potentially I, speed it up. It's like, overse- and like then, overselling and, then he, and under-delivering. I mean I, I mean, I agree with all of that. It's just that, and then he also yeah. said that he didn't want it in writing. You know, let's not put this in writing yeah. because then that would be... And so taken together, I mean, it's just it's just if you look at Twitter um, today, which is obviously not a cross-section of everything, you'd think that somehow uh, Chris Farfoy had been appallingly traduced, you know, and possibly um, Kerrison is a dick. But as Farfoy himself said in his press conference this afternoon, that's not that he 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 said some dumb stuff. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. He should not be doing that. That is not does not meet the standard mm. required of a cabinet minister. I well, think I, th- it, I think I th- there's two things to look at. The first is was he in any position to actually provide any of this assistance that Jason Kerrison obviously believed he was promising? And the answer is he he didn't. He wasn't the immigration mm. minister. He wasn't. Um, the associate. I don't think that's material at all. Ben. Well, I no, I, I, I mean Nick Smith wasn't necessarily in a position to when he was. You know, I mean, you, know, you don't you don't have to. Well, have the the, the power the Nick, to do it. no, Nick Smith was Nick Smith was um, he was he ACC resigned because it was it was in, yep. within his portfolio. So I think that's what saves Farfoy. Otherwise, he would absolutely have to go from cabinet. Um, in this case, he is guilty of loose talk because one of the handicaps that this government has is that. It seems to have either um, purposefully or accidentally um, cultivated this retinue of eccentric New Zealand B-list celebrities who are very unsophisticated in their understanding of politics, mm-hmm. who think that it's just a normal thing to do to email old mate and ask him mm-hmm. for a few favours <laughs> to, to speed up government processes or cut corners. You know, at this point, we've got Richie Hardcore messaging the PM um about uh, Carl Schrubeck. We've got Farfoy and Kerrison. We've got uh, the PM again with, what's his name, Tom Scott from Avent, mm. Avent whatever, yeah. Avent Homebrew. Um, and, you know, and, and it's it's almost become a bit of a pattern. You know, you see it again, the Prime Minister, you know, sp- spilling the beans on Donald Trump to Tom Sainsbury, <laughs> who then immediately went on radio and recounted this embarrassing story. And they're far too close to these sort of um, mm. these entertainment figures who, one, really bear out why you should never listen to anything musicians or actors say about politics. Mm. And two, um, you know, it just shows that their pro- – to me it suggests that their priorities are a little bit in the wrong place, that they, they do seem to have – uh, a bit more access by dint of being D-list, you know, mm-hmm. New Zealand Herald spy celebrities um, than ordinary people or subject matter experts do. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting insight into, you know, being a politician in the digital age. Like, on one hand, when those guys are all in opposition, they need, like, those B-list celebrities to be like talking them up and networking on their behalf and all of that stuff but the problem with being a politician in the Facebook era is that it's really difficult to I mean you can't stop people from from contacting you and trying to engage with you and it's a lot hard to ghost them I think a it shows a a gross sense of entitlement on the part of Jason Kerrison and the fact that he spit the dummy just four or five months after he initially contacted um 
um, far for when people literally wait for years and years and years to try and get their immigration cases settled. You yeah. know, um, the the other thing I think it shows I think Farfoy is guilty of two things, which is one not clear like not clearly friend zoning Jason and shutting it down. And as he said, he you know the language and the way he communicated was done, but also a questionable. Um, it shows questionable judgment of character, I think. And I think when you're in a yeah. leadership position, you have to be a lot um, more judicious around that sort of stuff. I don't believe that he did anything shady on Jason's behalf. I think it's one of those issues that will that will quickly pass. I think he did a very good job in the press conference today. But, you know, it's something... I think you're totally right, Annabelle, with the fobbing off point, what we were talking about in, this office, in the office today. And it's, <clears throat> I think that really it was a bit not that different to saying to someone, yeah, yeah, well, totally, we've got to catch up, we'll have a beer. Yeah. And you have no intention of doing that. Now, admittedly, that's not normally... You're not speaking as a cabinet minister, so it mm. doesn't matter so much. But it was. it sounded a bit like he was trying to placate him. Mm. Or humour him, or whatever. I would though say on the <clears throat> on the the broader point of the Richie Hardcore point and the kind of idea that there's this kind of social harem of B-list celebrities. The only thing I would say against that, well, I half wrote that today. I will take that on board. Is that um, the text from Richie Hardcore? The reason we it was, there was no response to that. So the, it's and, and the idea that someone didn't respond to a text message should somehow be part of a pattern of misbehaviour is weird. And the other thing to say is that uh, under the last government, John Key was open about how he got, I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing, a cross-section of the views of ordinary New Zealanders by standing in the Kōru Club and listening to them. So, you know, the idea that there aren't people in the ears Mm. of government all the time Probably Absolutely, in a way. Yeah. I mean, when 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 Farfoy says to this Kerrison dude, um, "Don't put it in writing." That's a thing that people who are a bit more sophisticated and a bit more wealthy and a bit more powerful know automatically. Well, yeah. They know you do that yeah. fucking stuff in the Kodu Lounge, and you go, "Hey, how you doing?" You know what? Yeah. You've got to sort something out about X company or X regulation or whatever. Mm. You're not so dumb as to you know, stick it in a direct message in Facebook or Twitter. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's where it comes down to a judgment thing. I I think you're right. I don't think Richie Hardcore has any influence over the government. I don't think Jason Kerrison has any influence over the government. But it shows a lack of judgment to not just shut these people down and just say, look, it's not proper for you Mm. to message me about this. It's not appropriate for you to send me a prayer emoji asking for friends for your uh, fa- uh, you know favors for your kickboxing friend um, and and I think Annabelle's completely right you know again judgment issue on Farfoy's part Jason Kerrison is building an ark in Northland <laughs> he thinks the world is going to end within five years he has nothing to lose of course he's going to leak the correspondence <laughs> um, let's uh Let's move swiftly on the Labour Party. This is not the 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 first thing to have hit the Labour Party in what's been a difficult year in the year of delivery. I think it's fair to say. It's they, like the delivery of a baby because babies I've had five. They're really hard to deliver. Quite painful, in fact, and that's been reflected in our right. Imagine if you had to do that all year, yeah. like mm-hmm. just like the, she could she, she should have called it the year of crowning. And that would have been perfect. Similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what, was, what were we talking about? Oh, the year's yes, not uh, over. Plenty of time to cram the night before. The uh, a big week in December twenty-four to thirty-one for this government, I think. The um, Labour Party had its conference in Whanganui on the weekend, mm. which was mostly seen as kind of a success. They had a good time. They rolled out the hits. You know, did the. Um, Jacinda Ardern did the whole two minutes of achievements track that's been very popular in the international charts and everyone cheered and uh, Grant Robertson uh, signalled that they were going to loosen the budget responsibility rules which seemed very... Well, he yeah, he said that. So they already signalled that they were going to loosen them from a 20% cap to a, yes. a range between 15 and 25%. 
um, but what they said is that they are going to actively bring forward invest in infrastructure spending. Borrow. Uh, yeah. So borrow, borrow hard for, for infrastructure. infrastructure, which seems, which which pretty much everybody had been saying was a good idea. Yeah. And paradoxically is a, um, something that will probably help them in the business confidence numbers, which has been one of the problems for the government while uh, the National Party is opposing it. A real seems- misjudgment from National there. You think? Yeah. Um, what they, should they, they, they have said? They, they, they really bottled that one. Um, they should have said not soon enough, not borrowing enough. Uh, you, you know, the, this is just PR, but, you know, they could have argued that um, they don't have a sufficient pipeline of work to get on with, that they haven't done the sort of planning that they need to to make this effective spending. This is just a, a budget year spend up and that they, oh, sorry, an election year spend up and that it won't have any real benefits for the economy. Instead, they're saying we don't need to borrow for infrastructure, which everyone in the business community disagrees with, the Reserve Bank disagrees with, most serious commentators disagree with, um, and I think it was a real misjudgment on their part. What do you think, Annabelle Lee Mather, on uh, Bridges and National's response on that, and also their general approach lately? I mean, they've done well, and... Recent polling and on on the most recent poll, for one news comma Brunton National could govern with the ACT Party, but also there's been quite a lot of rhetoric around mm. cracking down on gangs mm. around this. What's it called? This Raptor Strike Force, Strike Force, Strike Raptor. Force Raptor. I feel Teenage like we're seeing two Turtles. parties who neither were prepared for the current position they're in. So we've got the Labour Party who really weren't prepared to become a government and and we're seeing that through the failure of policies like Kiwi Build and under yeah. under prepared um, ministers um, and then similarly with National we're seeing a party that wasn't prepared to be in opposition so yeah. rather than coming up with really uh, compelling policy we have um, Simon waxing lyrical about Strike Force Raptor, um, which has been widely discredited in Australia as being an absolute failure in dealing with their gangs. This is the police sort of special forces squad that is designed to crack down on, on yeah. gangs. Yeah. All the talk about gangs at a time when actually um, New Zealanders are becoming slightly more enlightened about them as a result of, um, um, you know, media coverage. Are you okay? As a result of, you know, issues such as um, historical abuse in state care facilities, which were, you know, where the origins of our gangs can be found. Mm. And so it kind of hit a bung note. And when you're getting owned by Auckland University, when you're describing one of their you know, someone as a sweary bear who's actually a Yale graduate like um, Simon was on on Twitter the other day. It just doesn't inspire huge confidence, does it? I agree with all that. I, I quite like the sweary bear line. I like, I think sweary bear is quite, like, sweary bear is quite good. Like, I would invite sweary I bear. I like sweary bear. I don't know him, but I would invite but. him to the Gone By Lunchtime Christmas party if I had his number. It's just when you're like, trying to make out something so really the the silver bullet Mm. and it really isn't and lots of top experts in the area are shooting it down and then you try to shoot them down and you just get shots. Is it like it feels a bit like an old fashioned wedge issue that uh, on Law and Order. It really does. The interesting thing I think about it is that Labour is not soft on gangs. Um, Labour have put more money into criminal proceeds recovery, which is actually the most effective way of targeting gangs right now because it hits them uh, in their financial asset base. Mm. Um, and plus they hate it when you confiscate you know, their motorcycles and their cars. Um, Who doesn't hate that? You know, there are more police on the force. There are, there are still anti-gang initiatives. Mm. Stuart Nash is certainly no gang fan. Paradoxically, and and again, there's nothing particularly new or innovative about any of these national Mm. gang policies. Mm. It it really is just reaching into the old Tory bag of tricks. On the other hand, I think it's actually been reasonably effective for them for the reason that the people who have come out decrying it and being quoted in the media 
are people like mongrel mob chapter heads and presidents. And so, what you know, National have got these gold headlines where it says, you know, um, there was one on Radio New Zealand, which was um, Waikato mongrel mob says Simon Bridges' gang plan will be ineffective. Well, I mean, that's fantastic for middle New Zealand. Most people don't like gangs. Most people don't mm. have this sort of enlightened cafe view that they're a parallel institution that developed alongside colonialism or whatever. They see them as a group of criminals who are organized for the meth industry, for violence, who have a terrible record on domestic violence. Um, you know, this 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 very academic you know, kind of explanation of gangs, oh, it's all just, you know, kind of a colonial social construct. Well, everything has a complicated sociological history. We live in a complicated world. Korean boy band fandom has a complicated sociological history. And just saying that about gangs doesn't make them any more sympathetic or any, you know, more positive contributors to New Zealand society. I mean, my favourite... Perhaps not, but I think people are becoming... Um, somewhat wiser to that sort of political rhetoric that when, I, you, I when you don't know what to do next, call, like let's invent the name of a really cool like group of police dudes that can come in, like the Transformers and kick ass. I mean, look, I, I have some sympathy for some of the Korean boy band. Like that would, yeah, uh, that's quite not would, my. I'm well, not, extract force not my Directors, it would be a huge mob, surprise <laughs> if you were the, at the highways or Black Power and a knock on the door. Korean boy band like it would just throw them completely you know they're not expecting that sort of shit and then just maybe start up with some harmonising Korean harmonising but, but I th- we, we I had think one when of those on the hui recently like a, a Korean couple who sing in Te Reo Māori we digress keep going Ben <laughs> I want to hear more about that oh great the, I'll send you the link um, I, I think National have somehow stumbled onto a PR win here because of the non-government voices who have come out to defend violent criminal organisations. I think they're quite cleverly um, trying to cleave off the part of the New Zealand First yes. vote that yeah. they think is there to be gained yeah. um, and which they can gradually make align to Labour because they know that that's the, the 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 way into it, and actually the policy doesn't. I mean, Simon Bridges wrote a piece for the spin-off, which was a response to Chester Borrow's very interesting article talking about shallow rhetoric in on on, on criminal justice. Chester Borrow is the the greatest Labour MP to ever sit in the <laughs> National Party well, caucus. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I certainly on these issues, he is very you know what, what you might describe as progressive. But not 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 across the range of others. I wouldn't say. I'd, anyway. I'd, I'd, I'd call him a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but in Bridges' piece, he pointed to a lot of uh, elements in their discussion paper on law and order, and quite rightly, which are actually very mainstream. You know, it's not it's not a kind of wildly draconian or oh, your glass is empty. Yeah. Um, oh. Should we pause and fill it up or what? Yeah, pause. Everybody pause. Hi, I'm Leonie. I'm Alex. And along with our friend Michelle A. Court, we bring you On the Rag every month, which you can find at thespinoff.co.nz and on all good podcast providers. Once a month, we get together in the spin-off studio to reflect on the previous month of news, media, current events, and just life for women in New Zealand. It's a feminist podcast, it's a shrill podcast, <laughs> and we'd love it if you listened. Hey, if you love the spin-off, the best way to show it is to become part of the spin-off members. It's fun that helps keep us free and accessible to all without a paywall, and it funds some of our most important and respected journalism. But wait, there's more. For a very limited time, fans of Gone by Lunchtime can get a super limited edition button badge when they sign up using this special URL. Here it goes, thespinoff.co.nz slash gone by lunchtime. That's thespinoff.co.nz slash gone by lunchtime. Gone by lunchtime, Christmas party. 
it's six hours later. Just working through the crowds. Um, Annabelle's hanging from a Christmas tree. We played a few tunes. Toby's draped in tinsel and nothing believers. else. These are the kind of things that you get if you become a spin-off member and get a badge and stuff. You get to... Um, you get to stay at Duncan Greaves' house for the weekend, and he has—he's <laughs> got a swimming pool and a spa pool, and you <sighs> and a beautiful little Airbnb that he runs out of the back of his place. Gorgeous! He, you he get can, to stay there if you're a member. That's that's an elite benefit. Duncan that's kicked me elite. out of his house after the that's Canon Media Gold this elite, year. gold elite status. Mm. Um, we can't promise the swimming pool, but we can promise some water, potentially. Yeah. But like really expensive water, in the pool. Uh, Lacroix. Do you know that's how you pronounce it? We had a discussion about that in the office today. Not Let's so get on topic. Let's get on topic. Come on. Um, we haven't got yet to New Zealand first, which has been the biggest uh, political story of uh, recent weeks. Um, insofar as two separate uh, journalists had stories on it, one being Guy Nespinner, the other big guy being Matt Shand, is that his name? Matt Shand, the um, Waikato Times. The Waikato Sound. Times. Um, in, in a way, Shane Jones is reviving the provinces because <laughs> the biggest political story of the, the year came from whatever the hell the Waikato fun. Times is. Uh, and I mean, his story, he, he's done some, what times. looks some really impressive work on it, which included being told to go and find a dossier of material in a, in a skip in a Burke's bin and it was in a wine box which of course was rather I mean the whole thing feels very fourth series of New Zealand politics um, but it's quite a serious thing Ben Thomas insofar as uh, for a long time New Zealand First has been filing its donation returns uh, with a pretty sweet zero because nothing comes over a certain amount. Everything's and, just cake stalls and um, sausage sizzles in New Zealand First's world. Yeah, and... It's uh, the 1950s all over again. And um, obviously, uh, it's 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 um, not to say that it's necessarily breaking electoral law to run a foundation that uh, enables you to... Um, I'm trying to use my words very carefully here. <laughs> Maximise your... Yeah, to ensure that you can uh, properly achieve a war chest for your mm. ele- election efforts. To, to ensure a sustainable and, and I don't. Well, First I don't party. think we could say that any party... Uh, doesn't look for ways that they can maximise their opportunities in the same way that just about every corporate will do everything they can to uh, minimise their tax pay, right? Mm. So, you know, those are the rules. And, I mean, Andrew Geddes wrote an interesting piece for us in which he said, uh, on one hand, this this could breach electoral law. We don't know. We don't know enough. On the other hand, and this is worse, maybe it doesn't breach electoral law. So we don't currently have and we the three of us don't currently have enough information to know that um there are two really interesting facets that were uncovered by the waikato times by matt shand um in the documents that he received the first is that large loans we we knew that large loans were given by the new zealand first foundation to new zealand first uh what we didn't know was when they were paid back and the the timing on those seems interesting um and and when you when you make a loan you don't have the same requirements for declarations of where that money came from as you would if you as you know as a trust fund say had consolidated donations from individuals and then just given it to the political party from my reading of the journalism on it uh, none of the none of the donations were above fifteen thousand dollars, and so probably wouldn't have had to have been declared individually. In any case, um, then there's the other matter, which is that the New Zealand First Foundation appears to have been paying out of its own pocket for expenses by New Zealand First MPs and the party that were not declared on pecuniary interests registers uh, by the MPs um, and weren't declared by the party where these weren't the loans that were in um, in question. And those are the things that the Electoral Commission will be looking at really closely. Um, 
it really is an echo of you know you were talking about the fourth season it really does seem like the fourth term of the labor new zealand first government or the labor government um mm. carrying on from 2008 mm. where they were yeah. sunk by a donation scandal yeah i was gonna say first. that the um winston's response to it too reminds me of the whole the petulance the the bluster reminds me of the that um the Owen Glenn scandal with the mm. big no sign mm. and it seems like the tighter the spot that he's in the more kind of outrageous behaviour the behaviour is like hanging up on Lisa Owen the other night I'm not sure if you guys heard that did hear that yeah I was like, he's, wow. I mean, Lisa's been in great form recently. Geez. Just as an aside, did you hear her destroy the Lime spokesperson? Oh, that was that was that was that really was criminal. That was that was a death live on. I, th- radio. I thought she, I thought she was going to have to make an ex gratia payment to the surviving family members of the Lime spokesperson. Totally agree with that, Lisa Rowan. You are a hero of the year, politician of the year, media personality of the year, Lisa Rowan. Gone by lunchtime. Yeah, there's the award right there. Um, uh. Winston Peters, as you both say, has bringing, been bringing out his strongest Muldoon aside, you know, Muldoon being the great counterpuncher, the great counterattack. Um, and he has been calling journalists psychos. He also called journalists werewolves, which I thought was quite That's good. That's true. We are. <laughs> and one, one tweet that I did that I don't think got enough love was... You know, I think I quote tweeted you, you know, like New Zealand first being attacked by werewolves. Isn't that the plot of the Underworld movies? Haven't seen them. No, it's quite good. Take your word for it. It's like a vampire's werewolf. I feel no, like... Okay, I just mean, cut that bit out then. We've always known that good, he's though. like super <laughs> petulant. Hmm. But it's becoming Trump-esque in its outrageousness, in my opinion. And I'm not sure, like I reckon there's a section of boomers that, you know, who love that he refuses to be held accountable and, you know, is so dismissive of anyone who tries to do that. But I think there's kind of less and less tolerance for that flavour of, of politics. Mm. And the Prime Minister kind it's of gave the game away. less and less entertaining. She, you know, by saying that with Shane Jones's mm. recent comments about immigrants, uh, the Indian oh community in particular. God, what the fuck was that? Yeah, and she said if, if he was a Labour minister, she would have disciplined yeah. him. But as a New Zealand first minister, it's not really any of her business. Um, and, I mean, that that really does betray the huge amount of power that New Zealand first have in this government mm. and the way that they can basically just ride, ride roughshod over sort of expectations of, mm. of just normal behaviour mm. from our I think, representatives. I think it would be interesting as sort of a thought experiment if we imagine that what we were talking about earlier with Chris Farfoy had been a New Zealand first member of cabinet and whether or not Jacinda Ardern would have I mean she you know she gave him a good the father in law the father in law would have Bro, that would be a good day for (laughs) New Zealand first. That would be like shit is going good as but but actually that's true. Like that's actually the dynamic. There is actually part of the you know, New Zealand's first interests as we gear up for an election is to get noticed and to look as if they are not going to be held down by these urban liberals that they these are going to fight. And if that means a little bit of, you know, that's that's Shane Jones' whole sort of Harvard on the Marai shtick bullshit about, you know, it's this whole, well, I'm not going to, I know how it works, it's the real thing, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be held down, you know. So, um that's only going to that's only going to go up a gear, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's going to be ratcheted up, and it's working well for New Zealand First. Um, they, they've been polling particularly mm-hmm. well for New Zealand First mm-hmm. in between elections. Normally, they really dip below that five percent, but Jones and Peters in particular have been keeping but them. T- in but the public seriously, eye. though, Ben, do you think that's because of this rhetoric, or do you think it's because of the? Provincial Growth Fund. Well, because people it's, are like, I think cool, a lot of it's part to a- of the same thing in the sense that you can achieve a lot in a portfolio, and if people don't know about it, uh, you will still suffer in the polls. The Maori Party made 
big policy gains and their vote went down and down and down until mm. they were gone from parliament entirely because they couldn't communicate um, because they didn't seem to be their own party in government. New Zealand first, you know, every time Shane Jones gets up and very sort of tongue-in-cheek calls himself the champion of the provinces, um, <clears throat> you know, it draws people's attention. They get reminded of this $3 billion. You know, it's the sort of thing that you hear from old people all the time. Every time they open their wallet, they see their gold card and it reminds them to vote for Winston Peters. You know, if if you're not in the public consciousness, you just stop existing as politicians. Um, it is working well for them. That doesn't guarantee that they'll be back because... I think, as I've said before on this podcast, the three most enduring institutional cultures in New Zealand are the All Blacks, the Warriors, and New Zealand First, and in only one of those cases is that a good thing. Um, <laughs> New Zealand First can be, you know, j- just as that the donations train is never late, uh, New Zealand First can be relied on to create some kind of scandal or catastrophe next year for the government. Speaking of next year... We have also had in this rather busy week in politics the publication of the draft bill for the referendum on the legalisation and control, I think is the way it's described, of cannabis. Hashtag referendum, hashtag cannabill. Wow. Um, can we make sure we include those in all the social posts, please, yeah. Alice? That yeah. seems like something yeah. that... For 2020. I imagine that will be a good way of uh, reaching the youth. Um, As a cool dad, I'll be voting for the decriminalisation. I mean, um, it, it quickly. I mean, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how the we're going to have a we're going to have a referendum vote on legalising cannabis. We're going to have a referendum vote on the end of life choice bill, the euthanasia issue which David um, Seymour uh, pushed through, managed to get through uh, um, recently on his third reading. Uh, It's going to be a lot of voting (laughs) and these things kind of overlap into each other Mm. and um, I don't know, it's interesting for the Green Party because they obviously got the the cannabis bill was part of their confidence and supply agreement with Labour I believe, Um, but they don't want that to be their issue too much. Um, I, uh, what's my question? I'm just, just, just. You're just riffing. S- save, save, save me, save me, Annabelle. Well, this is a political podcast, so you know who are the winners and who are the losers. Oh, is that what? Is that how it's done? Oh yeah, who's winning the horse race? So, um, the Greens. Is that what they do on Pod Save America? Now, if this was Pod Save America, would be like advertising. I listen to it for a while, but it just goes for ages, and yeah, no, it's very boring. And, they have and yet, and yet, here we are, about forty-five minutes in. It's to, like watching no forty-five this minutes is like engaging content. Like they always have those ads blur. for subscriptions to mattresses or suits, or it's like these people who listen to or Pod the, Save America have subscriptions brass. to everything. Yeah. Plus, anyway. they all have like the same cadence. It becomes like watching a school trip Shakespeare play, where mm. they just, just speak in the same rhyme and meter mm. with everything they say about Trump for just years on end. Um, the, you know, the, the hope with the Greens has always been secretly that a referendum on cannabis will draw out this supposed missing million, all the stoner kids and all of the disadvantaged people in the regions who are discriminated against by current cannabis laws will come out because there will be an issue that finally affects them. I think that's not true. I think politically disengaged people will remain politically disengaged and will be turned off by the finer points of the debate. You don't we'll think just... there's going to be a slight lift then? There's going no, to be a not, lift. If, there, if, there definitely, it won't be the it won't be the missing million, but it might be the missing one hundred thousand. Surely, I, I'm I'm sceptical. I, I haven't seen any figures on it, but um, the missing fifty, Uyghurs fifty, the 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 forgetful forty who have previously just kind of slept okay. in or been distracted watching crawl shows. Political scientist Ben video. Thomas is giving give us forty. Um, the it'll it'll be, it'll be it'll be counterbalanced by sort of at least a hundred or so superannuitants who like are worried that their p- kids are going to try and mm. kill them if the euthanasia bill passes. So I think it'll be a bit of a wash. They did have that. for a while, didn't they? The Green Party introduced the green card as an idea for transport, where you'd get as a student um, special oh, sort yeah. of discount. So I was thinking of when you were saying gold card, maybe the green card 
could be the regulatory necessary necessity to go into a, a, um, a marijuana cafe. Yeah, and give them free public transport so that they can be rowdy youths and scare all the old people off the way Hickey just, Ferry. They'll just fall asleep probably on the ferry, I should think. They'll the just snuggle up. Paula Bennett was in the house with a visual aid holding up a bag or the technical term is baggy of uh, Is that really a, the technical term for weed in a bag yeah. though? Baggy. Yes. Isn't that more like Absolutely. powdery shit? No. I am not taking part in any discussion where other people over 40 discuss the technical slang for marijuana. It's embarrassing enough online and we're not going to perpetuate it It's here. the chronic, Ben. Everybody knows that's what it's called. Um, Paula Ben at the Deputy This whole debate is mortifying. Held it's it. just You're the one who began <laughs> with your, oh, I'm just doing a joke with my hashtags. Because you're so desperately anxious about not being seen to be that. Whereas me and Annabelle... We know we're cool. We know what's going on. We're fucking connected to the youth. Thank you. Um, Everybody just needs to clear out and leave it to doctors and Chloe. Just so that... Because, like, seriously, it's so awkward seeing, like, a whole bunch of, like, 50-somethings whose who's every, every sort of pronouncement about the weed referendum is kind of has this implicit kind of, hey, you squares, why don't you get hip to the groove mm-hmm. of decriminalisation? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chloe wouldn't okay with <laughs> me, and, me, and, me and Toby, but she, she'd, she'd probably invite us for a sesh, but I don't know if she would do that with you. <laughs> I reckon she would. Um, the can I just say on OK Boomer, yeah, that I feel as though Chloe Swarbrick getting all the credit for being the hip meme based um, individual in Parliament is not fair because Winston Peters accused someone of being a cuck in Parliament earlier this year. A cuck. <laughs> And I love that. That oh, is something my, t- my three-year-old would say in frustration. Like, Chloe has got a lot of territory to cover before she can be as on fleek as um, uh, Winston is what is my She's view. so, so flaky, though. So, Paula fair. Bennett. Where, Paula where, Bennett. where is the National Party incel caucus going on these referenda? Paula Bennett stood in Parliament with the uh, baggy. That's mm. getting back to the point. At uh, Gone By Lunchtime Christmas Party. Yeah. And she played the whole... This is how much can be bought under this draft bill in one day, which is kind of ridiculous, right? Like, I mean, it's it's the idea that that if it were to become legal, that people would only ever buy for consumption in the immediate aftermath or whatever. So my question, in a way, is whether or not this is going to become a subject that the National Party, which will have a range of views within its base, well, within its base, probably one view, but I know its wider support, are they going to try and make political capital out of it? Fucking oats. Yeah, is it going to become... Of course. How, Hell yes. So how much does it kind of... like? That's it, okay because Chloe will just go on every like current affairs show and run rings around Paula. Chloe Swarbrick is probably the best performed new MP of 2017. She's, I mean, she's an incredible spokesperson. Anything that boosts her profile during the election is good for the Greens. Um, I think there, you know, I think she's seeking the Auckland Central candidacy as well. So that Sounds again, like be uh, and and so I mean, obviously, it's good for them. On the other hand, the euthanasia referendum good for New Zealand First getting its voters out. But is it good for the yes vote in the referendum on cannabis if it appears to be? Uh, joined at the hip with the green vote. I think, look, it's going to pass. So. So, no so, matter what happens, this bill is going to oh, pass. I don't know. It's pretty tight. No, it's, it's pretty tight. Pass. And it's you'll have organisations like Family First and um, all it will take will be one kind of appalling human story for it to become very tight. I mean, I think that's why Chloe Swarbrick is a really good front person for it because mm. she's not a Morris dancing green. She's very she disarming. She doesn't look like a dirty hippie She's very anything. disarming. She's also she's very she's articulate. Also, um, and so there, there isn't this worry that, you know, it will be sort of seen as a kind of, you know, old shine on you crazy diamonds tie-dye <laughs> sort of issue. 
she, she's she's doing it very smartly, which it. is approaching it as yeah. like a health issue. Mm. Um, she's been very careful to say we're not trying to encourage anyone to smoke mm. weed. We know that marijuana is bad for you. Um, and not, you know, not trying to basically earn cool points by doing mm. it, um, which I think some of the other I people involved as talking heads could probably learn from. Mm. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, and we won't prattle on about this much longer, but I guess that I feel as though in a perfect world we could have a debate about cannabis and whether or not it should be legal and just have that kind of in a separate domain to the broader election and maybe the same with the end of life, but I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. These things are going to cross-pollinate and become very murky in a, in a, in a campaign, aren't they? Um, I, I don't think they will cross over too much into the mainstream voting, except in as much as the end-of-life choice referendum will help David Seymour. That will boost his visibility. Yeah. Same thing again with Chloe Swarbrick with the Greens. That will help them because she'll be more prominent in the media and that's a good look for the Greens. Um, but I think it'll have a pretty marginal effect on the way that people vote, you know, party-wise. Shall we um, next year get some politicians in here in the pod? We should like we should get Chloe Chloe Swarbrick in here, get some bridges in here. Matt King, get Cinder Ardern oh, in here. Oh, like get Matt King. Why don't here. we invite yeah. them? But we make them like do something like they have to bake a cake or their favourite oh. slice or bring us gifts. Right? Is that another? <laughs> and we can use that, that. And we can use that to like. Judge them as humans and mm. their 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 worth. I think that's do you like that's, that. We should we should they have to bake us something or make it do like a craft project. <laughs> oh my god, a craft project! I love that. Then um, we can like put it up on the wall and have a collection of them, and then maybe yeah. okay. Well, Matt King them has to do the, like a macrame Annabelle Lee doll. Yeah. Then oh, like a paper mache Ben Thomas. Look, why not? Um, so if you are a member of the House of Representatives and you really want to be on Gone by Lunchtime, you can get in touch. Um, uh, just get in. If, you, if you're Jason Kerrison, you can also come on. Or Richie Hardcore. Um, unfortunately, the, this I, I studio uh, has an airlock door. It's basically a bunker. You have be safe as in here. Yeah. Honestly, and, never and feel nothing more comfortable you say we will here. share with anyone except our audience. It's kind of that perfect. Mm. That's the Gone by Lunchtime Christmas party. Should we do another Christmas party late in December? We'll see how we go. Yeah, I maybe think we, we should do, do another, another one. one. This should be a pre-Christmas. Because um, we haven't really reviewed the year. We should probably do that. People yes, will want that. Yeah, let's call. do that. Um, uh, but in the meantime, thank you very much for listening to us so long. This feels like it's gone a long time. Thank you for staying up. Alice with us. Thanks, Alice. I'm Thank you, Toby Manhire. That's Annabelle Lee Mayfair. She's our Christmas tree angel, our darling Alice. Bless and her cotton that's socks. Ben Thomas there. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.